Good morning. Welcome to the Ministry Inquiry Program Chapel. Goshen College's Ministry Inquiry Program is a program that's, interested, that's for students who are interested in exploring ministry. Um, this past summer, we had 11 MI peers who went anywhere from home churches to churches here in Goshen to overseas. Um, this morning, you all will be hearing a little pieces of our stories from this summer, um, things that inspired us, things that made us laugh, and sometimes things that frustrated us to what seemed like beyond hope. Um, the Ministry Inquiry Program has a different meaning for each person. For those of you who are interested in exploring it, I would encourage you to go look at the GC website um, under the MIP pages. Before we pray, I'm going to light the lamp. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just ask, Lord, that your presence will be here among us this morning. We ask that um, you will give us the words to describe our experiences. I pray, Father, that you will be with everyone as we have to go to our different midterms and as the beginning of fall break starts this afternoon. Lord, I just ask that your presence will be here and that you will speak to us. In Christ's name, amen. Please turn with us in your Sing the Journey to number three, the green Sing the Journey books. We feel like this song really embodies some of the um, experiences that we had working in the church and working with people this summer. Um, so especially if the song is unfamiliar to you, I invite you to look specifically at the words as we sing this together. Jesus calls us here to meet him as through word and song and prayer. We affirm God's promise, presence where his people live and care. Praise the God who keeps his promise. Praise the song.
Scripture reading for today is from 1 Corinthians 13, 12 and 13. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then we will see face to face. Now I know only in part, then I will know fully, even as I, even as I have been fully known. And now faith, hope, and love abide, these three, and the greatest of these is love. What does church look like? What does it mean to be the church? What does it mean to be the Mennonite church? Although ministry inquiry program placements occur exclusively within Mennonite congregations, as we MIPers shared stories at our fall reunion, we faced the very startling realization that not all churches are the same. <laughs> I repeat, even not all Mennonite churches are the same. For those of you who grew up spending every Sunday at the same hymn-singing, pew-lined church your entire lives, this statement might come as a shock. And believe me, you're not alone. But this morning, we Mippers are here to bring you the evidence from our incredibly diverse summer investigations. Brace yourselves, for we bring you tidings from communities around this country who answer the church identity question in some very unique ways. Take, for example, Washington Community Fellowship. This was the congregation I landed in over the summer, situated straight south of this nation's capitol building in good old Washington, D.C. I went to D.C. this summer with the expectation that I would finally figure out what it looked like to be Mennonite in a city setting. I should have known better because we all know that looking for Mennonites who are acclimated to a city is like looking for Waldo when he's wearing a blue t-shirt. <laughs> And I soon lost all hope for finding straightforward church identity answers concerning Mennonites because I soon discovered that WCF is a congregation proud of their massive identity issues. Let me explain. It didn't take me long to figure out that WCF is actually not a Mennonite congregation at all. Although it is affiliated with the denomination and part of a Mennonite conference, when it began in the early 80s, it chose the status of multi-denominational as its identification label. This doesn't mean that the church is non-denominational, but instead the people who attend WCF come from all walks of religious Christian affiliations, and each of them are encouraged to embrace those affiliations. Instead of altering their denominational associations into just one, like Mennonite, and instead of shedding their denominational ties altogether, their philosophy is to embrace the traditions they come from, honor the distinctions among them, and worship together in spite of them. 
this embedded identity crisis affects the congregation in some very interesting ways. You see, while the pastor is Mennonite, he's married to a Presbyterian, and though some members of the church are Mennonite, others don't know the difference between a Mennonite and a stalagmite. Just the other week, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Just the other week, an infant baptism was performed at the congregation, not by the Mennonite pastor, but by a church member who is Catholic. And although the potlucks follow in Mennonite footsteps, politicians are even allowed to bring casseroles. Thursday morning prayer is based on Lutheran liturgy. Communion is held every other week, and few individuals some individuals will actually genuflect before sitting in the pew on Sunday morning. It was a strange sight for me to see. Indeed, on any given Sunday, you never quite know what your church shall look like. My summer was full of experiences that pushed me to stretch my previous definition of church identity. At Washington Community Fellowship, I found a church that didn't think in terms of either or but one whose members were committed to a constant philosophy of both and. Their multi-denominational status caused for confusion, but also allowed them a great freedom in worship. I learned this summer that church doesn't always look Mennonite. Instead, diversity, even diversity in denominational affiliation, is not something that must divide, but something that can unite and bond us together in some beautiful ways. What is the church? For me this summer, the church was a place where language and culture do not exist as barriers to relationship. And the church that I was at this summer, Philadelphia Praise Center, is a mainly immigrant church. The majority of its members are Indonesian, but a growing number are also Hispanic. Two years ago, the church, um, which was Indonesian at the time, developed a Hispanic ministry to reach out to their neighbors that they saw all around them, and together they formed a church. Now they have two different services, which are one in Indonesian and one in Spanish, but once a month they still have a joint service that incorporates Spanish, Indonesian, and English, which is a mostly common language. That one Sunday a month, we sang songs in all three languages, and everybody was willing to sing along, even though they might not understand what they were singing. And in this church, I would see a worship group of Indonesians learning how to pronounce Spanish words so that they could lead the song. And I would see Indonesian and Hispanic members building relationships with each other after church through these limited conversations that they could hold in English. Their commitment to care for each other and to become a church, um, even though there were these barriers, um, was just inspiring. And I think it's a vision of what the church can look like, where we learn from each other um, 
and become a church together, even though there are things that divide us. Please turn with me now in your blue worship books to hymn number 363, Renew Your Church. The church is community. This summer I experienced community in Harrisonburg, Virginia, working both with the early church and our community place. The early church is a newly declared Mennonite congregation with an attendance of about 30 on a Sunday and about 10 on an early Monday morning when they meet at about 6 o'clock in the morning. They meet in the, in the building of our community place, which serves many functions, including a day center for the homeless, a three meals a day soup kitchen, a community activity center, and much more. 
I had many chaotic experiences this summer, and despite, or because of that chaos, two things in particular became very important, prayer and community. God's work flows in us and around us. How do we discern that work? Prayer and community, prayer with community. How do we build community? Prayer. We become open and vulnerable to hearing each other's concerns, joys, sorrows, and needs. Spoken prayer, silent prayer, laying on of hands, prayers of the faithful, prayers, uh, prayers of praise f flow through the soul and out the lips into the ears of others, but most importantly, into the grasp of God. This is how the community around me prayed and how I learned to pray. Because of this discerning prayerful group of people that I spent my summer with, I realized again that community is wonderful. God calls us to a community of believers. And as the pastor of the early church, Ron Copeland, liked to say, everyone with a belly button is invited. Most of the time, the least expected have the most meaningful prayers or the most communal insight. Jesus' life shows us how to live as a people of faith, giving our lives to the poor and the broken around us and including us in order that we might see God's grace and glory. Really, I fell in love with the early church and OCP community, and more importantly, I fell in love with Jesus again and again. While I, find, while I found out um, I may not be called to pastoral ministry, I know that I am called to be a part of the church and a part of Jesus' movement for, for, of love for our God and our neighbors through active prayer and community. What is the church? Before leaving to come to college, I thought that church for me was Blooming Glen Mennonite Church with its wooden benches, bright red carpet, and the wonderful people, of course. And I wasn't sure I would find a church quite like it anywhere else. So I church shopped a bit when I came here, but I got stuck on Walnut Hill. And what drew me in was a sermon series on asking the hard questions. And they actually did. They were talking about issues of, well, they were talking about heaven and hell and what do you think about people who believe in different religions than you do? Does that mean they're automatically going to hell? Or They were talking about these things in sermons, which just struck me as fascinating because it, it was fairly controversial stuff. So I thought, as I was thinking about last summer, what better of a place to test out a call for ministry than a place that I can ask questions? Um, this summer, the questions became a little bit more challenging as the summer began with a series of controversial sermons um, that got essentially the church pretty riled up. And the questions became, so what is the church? What is the role of the pastor? Does the authority of the pastor change when they're behind the pulpit? Can I stay at the church if I disagree with the teachings of the pastor? How does that relate to the community? Do I stay because of the community? Or it was, there were a lot of questions. What is salvation? What does judgment mean? How does grace fit in with everything? I was in meetings that sometimes lasted for two to three hours, which were really fantastic and made me want to leave and scream for a long time, <laughs> but I didn't. <laughs> but when you get to questions like, what is truth? And if truth if my understanding of truth comes from my experiences and somebody else has had different experiences, 
does that mean that one of our experiences were invalid or that, I don't know. So we got to questions of, is there more than one truth? And where do you go from there? But actually dealing with these questions and talking about them for what seemed like a really long time as a church, we talked about this for the whole summer. Um, and we're still having sermons that are about diversity and, um, yeah, and how we, how we deal with diversity. Um, I came to understand that diversity, we love to talk about diversity. And while Walnut Hill does not have a lot of racial diversity, it certainly has theological diversity of thought. And um, so how do you... Diversity is messy, so how do you deal with it when it's actually there? Um, but as a church, they were willing to work through that, and they were committed to each other in love to agree and disagree about these things. So the church, for me this summer, was a place to ask questions, a place to extend grace, and to really learn about God's love in other people and through their eyes. Please turn with me once again to the, in the blue worship book, number 322, for we are strangers no more. And stand if you'd like.
Mothering God, walk with us, us today and this week. Let the presence of the church be a place of hope and healing for all who encounter it. For in God, we find the strength to overcome, the power to seek freedom, and the hope for restoration. You may leave.